Welcome to Listen, Smile y No Te Rindas. Este es un podcast para hispanohablantes que quieren mejorar su comprensión auditiva del inglés de los Estados Unidos. Somos dos hermanos estadounidenses con raíces mexicanas. Soy Gabo, o Gabe, aquí con mi hermano mayor Goyo, o Greg. What's up, Greg? Good to see you, Gabe. Tonight, the sun won't go down for quite a while, right? Because this morning we woke up to what's called daylight savings time. That's right. The time changed last night in the middle of the night, so we had to set our clocks forward one hour. Now, I can never remember what's going to happen because I set my clock forward or backward, but tonight it'll feel like seven o'clock, but it'll be eight o'clock on the clock or something like that. That's right. Tonight at 7 p.m., um, it will feel like 6 p.m. And uh, because we set our clocks forward and I would have forgotten about daylight savings, except that our cell phones and our computers make the change automatically now. Yeah, it's so true. I remember when we were kids, you'd have to go around to all the clocks and set them by hand. And now because of satellites or whatever, it does it automatically. Right. I've had to set a couple of the clocks in my house, but, um, and I'll have to, to change some watches, but that's okay. Well, let's see. What's our topic today? Well, today we're going to tackle a very common concept in English and Spanish. That is the concept of something being under something else. In English, we have under, below, beneath, and underneath. And although these are somewhat synonymous, they are synonyms, one for the other, there are some differences. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay, sounds fun. But before we get into this episode, vamos a tomar una pausa para la causa. <laughs> that's right. A quick pause for the cause. Si escuchas nuestro programa, ¿podrías hacer un favor y dejar una reseña? Necesitamos a más oyentes y tu reseña nos ayudaría con algoritmos de Apple, Spotify o quien sea. Es posible que leamos tu reseña durante la emisión y Greg te va a explicar cómo ingresar en nuestra rifa gratis. That's right. But first, gracias a Pilar. Pilar es una oyente panameña que vive en Estados Unidos y ella declaró de nosotros, muy instructivo, los hermanos Gabo y Goyo están ayudando a aprender formas de usar modismos en inglés que no te enseñan en ninguna escuela. Gracias, buen trabajo. Wow, Pilar, that makes us feel really good. Thank you so much for you, your Pilar. praise. Yeah. We host a monthly raffle, una rifa gratis. In March, if you give the show a review, for example, on Apple Podcasts, or a star rating, for example, on Spotify, we may read your review on the podcast, and you will be entered into una rifa gratis for a $20 visa international gift card. To participate, mándanos por email una captura de pantalla 
a screenshot a questions arroba no te rindas podcast punto usa el 8 de abril y no el 1 de abril el 8 de abril <laughs> vamos a anunciar el ganador de la rifa por la pestaña o tab las rifas en nuestra página de web y corrijo el error de no el 1 de marzo a causa de que Cabo y yo vamos a estar acampando juntos sí, el 1 de, de abril. Sí, <risa> y sin mucha conexión al Internet. <risa> Now, to help with today's episode, uh, we are posting some illustrations in our blog on our website uh, to show some examples to clarify some of the concepts we're explaining because having a visual guide could be very helpful. So please, if you wish to see it, go to noterindaspodcast.us and select blog. And the entry is going to be labeled March 13th under beneath, etc. Now, The words in our lesson today are all very similar. They all could be translated on, on some level, debajo de. Uh, mm -hmm. They all, all could be, trans, uh, be synonyms for each other, under and below, for example. Our goal today is to tell you about the flavor of these words as far as how they are used in American English. Uh, because there are certain words that are going to sound uh, unnatural if they're used in certain contexts. And that's what we want to focus on today. And we cannot certify or guarantee uh, that what we are saying is true in, say, Canada or Belize or Great Britain. But it's just our experience living where we live in the United States. These things are true. Yes, sir. We're going to start off with the word under. Under. Again, abajo de, debajo de, uh, or bajo algo, all are synonyms for under, and it just means at a lower level than something else. Right. So we could say, the cat was under the table. El gato estaba bajo la mesa. Or we could say, the key was under the lamp. La llave estaba bajo la lámpara. So if the cat is under the table, does that sound like to you that the cat is on the floor under the table then? Yes, yes. If, if someone said the cat is under the table, I would imagine that the cat was on the floor uh, under the table. And if, what, if the cat is on a chair but under the table, would you still describe that as the cat is under the table? You could uh, say that the cat was under the table on a, a chair, but I think I would be more likely to use our next word for that underneath. I would, I think I would say the cat is underneath the table on sitting on a chair. Okay. Okay. So yes, our next word is, as he stated, underneath, underneath. Listen to the, how that TH is pronounced at the end, underneath. You put your tongue between your teeth and blow a little bit of air. Neath. Also, this is abajo de or debajo de at a lower level, just like uh, under. And we're going to talk about how it suggests that something is covered by something else. There's the object over it is covering it. 
So you could say the cat was underneath the table, which we might translate as el gato estaba debajo de la mesa. You could say the key was underneath the lamp. La llave estaba debajo de la lámpara. So if the cat is under the table, I guess we're saying that some portion of the cat is under the table, but some of the cat may be exposed to light or vision on the part of uh, the observer. But right. If the cat so, is well, I was just going to say that if you if you could see part of the cat, I think most people would say the cat's under the table. <laughs> but if if we said the cat was underneath the table, that that has the connotation, I guess, that the cat is further <laughs> out of sight, further under the table, more more blocked by uh, the uh, the shadow of the table, for example. Como en el fondo. Mm -hmm. Del espacio debajo de la mesa. Okay. And if uh, we say the key was underneath the lamp, to me that suggests that the lamp base, la base de la lámpara, se sienta sobre la llave. Mm -hmm. It's sitting mm -hmm. on top of the lamp, or excuse me, it's sitting on top of the key, and you cannot see the key. The key is under the lamp. I want you to use the key, but I don't want thieves or robbers or bad people to see the key. So it's underneath the lamp. Underneath, right. And again, you could use either one to mean that the key was simply on the table very close to the base of the lamp. And so it was under the lamp, under the lamp shade, the part of the lamp at the top. Um, but if if we say underneath the lamp... Uh, for for example, if I say it's under the lamp, Greg might look around the base of the lamp for the key, and I'd say, no, 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 I mean it's underneath the lamp. Mm -hmm. And he'd be like, oh, and then he would pick the lamp up to reveal the key. I, I know this is confusing, but that's why we're here. Yeah, and it'll also um, help to look at our blog, because I'll try to illustrate it for you as well as talk about it. Okay, so that was under and underneath, underneath. Now let's talk about below as meaning at a lower level, below. So some example sentences might be, your feet are below your knees, right? We would, we would say that more commonly than your feet are under your knees. If you were explaining uh, where your feet are in relation to your knees, if a human being is standing up. So that would be, tus pies están debajo de tus rodillas. Now, this is uh, another example that is a little bit more abstract. So we would say, that job was below her level. It did not require a college degree. So that would have the connotation of ese trabajo estaba por debajo de su nivel. No necesitaba un título universitario. Okay, so the word below has this literal visual meaning, mm. much like under, uh, but it also has this kind of abstract meaning of describing a hierarchy of types of work and one type of work is below 
the qualifications of a person or persons. Yes, I like how you put that. All right, so let's move on to beneath. Beneath. Mm. Beneath is somewhat old-fashioned sounding to Gabe and me. It sounds a little bit antiquated. And it means something, of course, very similar to below or under. But it sounds kind of fancy or fino uh, in English. What's an example of that, Gabe? So you could say your feet are beneath your knees, right? That that could would be understandable by an American English speaker, and you know that would mean tus pies están bajo tus rodillas, but it would sound uh, old fashioned. It would sound some some might even say pretentious or snobbish. <laughs> <laughs> if someone is speaking pretentiously. Uh, you want to say to them, like, you know, get to the point, al grano, right? <laughs> Stop speaking with flowers uh, coming out of your mouth and just get to the point. So now beneath also has kind of a unique or special meaning uh, that we use pretty frequently in English. And that would mean that a person has a title or a skill set that someone else doesn't. Uh, and so, therefore, their time is best used for that more specialized work rather than more basic work. So, we would say, that job was beneath her. And saying that job was beneath her has the connotation of, uh, ese trabajo era indigno de ella. An example might be, hey, I got hired to create web pages at this company. But I spend all my time sending emails for my boss. I feel like that kind of work is beneath me. Right. So here you're saying that you got hired because of your special skill in web design and your boss is instead basically using you as a secretary. So it's uh, you're not getting to use your special skills. So the job uh, that kind of duty, writing simple emails, is beneath you. That would be better to leave for someone like Gobble. <laughs> because oyentes, you don't know this, but but uh, Goyo is the one that creates our web pages, um, and he he is the <laughs> one that is more technical. And so, usually, if there's something that's more basic, I volunteer to do it because. I'm not as good at the at the technical stuff. So now while we're on the topic of special meanings for these words, we should we should mention a few more. Let's talk about a couple here. So the first is underneath is unusual because it can stand alone, unlike the other example words for under. So I'll show you what I'm talking about. Underneath can stand alone. So you would say, she's a really nice person underneath, right? She seems like a mean person, but she's a really nice person underneath. But you could not say, she seems like a mean person, but she's a really nice person under. Ooh, yeah, no, she's a really nice person under what? I want to say under what? And you'd say, well, <laughs> un underneath. <laughs> That's right. Neat. Um, another example in this kind of special category that Gabriel mentioned is below. 
which is used for temperature. So we're trying to show you that below goes with degrees, but never beneath or underneath or other words. Uh, for example, it is five degrees below zero outside. Mm. That sounds really good. That sounds really mm -hmm. good. But it's five degrees underneath zero. Ooh, no, that, that doesn't sound good. Or it's um, five degrees uh, beneath zero. Ooh, no, so... <laughs> I don't, I don't like to use bad examples because I don't want you to remember them. So it's five degrees below zero. It's 10 degrees below zero. It's 15 degrees below zero. It's getting really, really cold. Another one is below deck. Below deck, which is bajo cubierta. Mm. So you cannot say... Underneath deck, right? <laughs> sounds bad. The Marines are below deck with the sailors. That sounds good. Right. We would understand immediately that they were not on the top deck of the ship. You couldn't see them from the outside of the boat. Uh, they were below deck or below right, decks. Bajo, yeah, bajo cubierta or bajo cubiertas, I guess. Now let's talk about the word underground. Underground is like subterráneo in mm. Spanish. And so you would tend not to say below ground. You can say that, but it's very occasional, I would argue. But something is underground. A pipe is underground. A chamber is underground. Um, a grave the, is underground. These are all examples of underground. But we know that in Spanish, too, the word underground exists and it comes from English. You might have heard it. And that is a style of art, like a style of music. So for example, reggaeton in its early days was described as underground music, underground music, right, not would have below ground bad. music. Yeah. That <laughs> underground music. That would have been like pre bad bunny, I guess. That's exactly right. Pre bad bunny. Uh, I'm guessing early 90s would have been the underground time of uh, reggaeton, the underground right. era of reggaeton. So that was when it was not mainstream. It was still underground. So another under word we use is underpowered. Uh, so we would not say underneath powered or below powered. We would say underpowered, which would be like poder disminuido o inadecuado. So you could say the train was too underpowered to pull 170 freight cars. So the railway removed 70 of the freight cars and now the train can go at top speed. The train being underpowered means it can't pull what it needs to pull. And so it would have to, what, stop or right. roll backwards on the top of a hill because it can't make it over the hill, <laughs> something like that. It's underpowered, right? It's underpowered, yeah. Not enough power. All right, another one is under my command. Under my command is like bajo mi mando. Or you can be 
under my control, bajo mi control. This would not be beneath, for example, or <laughs> underneath, just under my command or under my control. So, for example, the corrupt general, the corrupt general stated to his troops, I have placed the president in a cell in the local prison. You are now under my command. And with your help, soon the entire region will be under our control. Under exactly. my command, you will help me to take the region by force, and it will be under our control. Well, why don't we do a quick review uh, just to reinforce some of these uh, concepts and see if any of it stuck in the brains of nuestros oyentes. So listen carefully, con cuidado. All of the following phrases are correct, but which of the following phrases would you be least likely to hear in the United States? Because it sounds old-fashioned or antiquated. All of these phrases are technically correct, but which of the following would you be least likely to hear in the United States because it sounds old-fashioned? A. The soccer ball is under the desk. B. The soccer ball is beneath the desk. Or C. The soccer ball is below the desk. Hmm. Yeah, that I mean the soccer I know where that soccer ball is. It's the desk is above it. I got that. <laughs> uh but I'm gonna say that the soccer ball is beneath the desk. I mean it sounds like I'm reading like a nineteenth century detective novel or something. Uh Sherlock Holmes comes to mind. It just it doesn't sound modern to me. Right. It really, it really should be the football is beneath the desk because <laughs> that's yes. what Sherlock Holmes would have called it. Not a soccer ball. <laughs> Nor our listeners. I apologize. Listeners. See, it's not a pelota football, not a soccer ball. Exactly. But yes. In English, it's a, in American English, it's a soccer ball. All right. Number two, uh, it's very cold outside. Which of these descriptions Sounds best. The temperature is beneath me. It's five degrees underneath zero. It's below freezing outside today. Hmm. Those, I guess, could all mean it's very cold, but two of them do not sound natural. Um, the temperature is beneath me. Nobody would, would say that. It's five degrees underneath zero. Yeah, that's wrong. So I'm going to choose C. It's below freezing outside today. That is correct. Well done, bien hecho. So I'll do the last one. If your motorcycle cannot go up a hill, you may complain that it is A, underpowered, B, underground, or C, below freezing. Okay, if a motorcycle 
has too small of an engine or a motor, a motor in Spanish, then it's not got enough power. So it's it's underpowered. Th- that's correct. It um it's underpowered because it can't get my fat self up the hill. <laughs> <laughs> So the the other solution, the two solutions there are to either get a more powerful motorcycle or to eat less and exercise more on my part. That's right. You just need to jump a lot of rope and then (laughs) the motorcycle will carry you without any difficulty over the hill. Right. I need to spend less time with my legs beneath the dinner table. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Well, we want to thank you for listening to today's episode. If you would like to support this show by uh, becoming a patron of it, you can go to patreon.com forward slash no te rindas podcast. And there are different levels of, of patronage that you can participate in. We may give your name a shout out in the next episode. You can get a printable text of the examples given on the show that you can compare and look at later on. And for our conversational episodes, you can receive a word-for-word transcript of the conversation that can also be printed, of course. Y si tienes alguna duda o sugerencia sobre el programa, por favor, mándanos an email por questions arroba and if you'd like to follow us on social media, go to the Pestaña Yamada social media on our website. We have uh, accounts for Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, where we post uh, things that would help you review the topics and concepts that we cover in our podcast. So please consider following us on social media. And don't forget about our blog, because I think having a visual will really help uh, for this week's episode. Yes, I want to see if the difference between the key is under the lamp and the key is underneath the lamp. I do, too. I do, too. <laughs> well, Greg, I had so much fun uh, going over this very tricky concept. I hope that we've been able to help our listeners today. Thank you for coming up with this idea, um, and I hope you have a good one. Thanks, man. You too. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye.